0: So we are here to study the book of Acts, and I'm really excited for us to kind of get grounded in that book this morning. I want to tell you that the Lord has been speaking this sacred echo into my heart and soul, actually for the last year. Now what I mean by sacred echo is that when I sit with him, when I am still before him, I feel like there's this little whisper deep into my soul. And it has been an echo because he has said it more than one time. And it has been some version of, love my church. Love my church. Now, the first time I heard this, I thought, well, that's weird. You did know I'm a pastor, right? Right? God, I love your church, obviously. I have been at IBC for nine years now as a pastor on our staff. I love this church. But I kept kind of moving on, and he kept whispering that, not the only thing he was talking to me about during this season, but it was one of the, one of the things. And I started to think, okay, there's an invitation in this for me. He's inviting me in to love a little differently. I realized that perhaps I was looking at us, the people in this room, the people I bump up against to on a Sunday, as just people that are at church with me. That the bigger church, not just IBC, but many of you go to different churches and we are all still a part of the church, aren't we? And that church, they're not just people that I live across the street from or I run into at the grocery store. They're my brothers and sisters. They're my sacred family. And see, that's what the Lord just was was kind of inviting me into. Now, we have not plumbed the depths of this by any imagination. He's just starting to till the soil for me and how he wants me to love his church, love his people How he's calling me to be a part of his church in a different way. Now, none of that was actually in our heads, in in our minds. I actually hadn't even shared that with our team when we started to pray and process what is it that you want us to learn this year, Lord? What do you want to teach us in women's Bible study? And We don't have a formula that we do, but we do have an Excel spreadsheet that tells us every single Bible study that this group has ever done. And so we look at that. Have we studied the Old Testament? Are we studying the New Testament? What topics have we studied? And so we try to see where is it that perhaps there's maybe an opportunity for us to study something new or different, but also what is the Lord inviting us into? And he just kept kind of pushing this in front of us. Study the book of Acts. So we agreed, prayerfully as a team, we agreed to study the book of Acts. And as you will quickly learn, Acts is all about God's church, all about his heart for us as a community of believers, all about bringing the gospel forward, about the power of the Holy Spirit. And after we had made that decision, inevitably, we would be sitting around the table, and we would be having a team meeting, and somebody would be like, oh, that's why we're having to study the church this semester. Oh, that's why God's inviting us into this. Oh, that's why. It happened again and again and again. And I didn't even connect the dots. That he had been whispering this into my heart honestly until just a few weeks ago. Oh, that's why for me too. And there's an oh, that's why for you. And you may not know it yet because that's our God. He reveals things to us when we open his word, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and teach us. And he has something to teach every single one of us this semester You know, we're at a space and time in history where there is great division and great strife, where there is fear that is just right below the surface for us. We wonder what is going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen by the end of the day. And we have deeply held convictions And we have deeply held beliefs. And some of those convictions and beliefs are starting to divide us. And we are starting to feel this fissure just grow and grow and grow. And that's all happening within the church, isn't it? It's happening in the world, too, make no mistake. But we, it's happening right here, too. And I would say, oh, that's why. That's why you want us to study your heart for the church. Do you know that when Jesus prayed for the very last time, the last recorded prayer we have of his anyway, that he had you and me on his heart and mind? He was in the garden (laughs) And he prayed for strength for himself. And then he prayed for his disciples. And then he prayed for us. For us. We were on his heart and mind over 2,000 years ago. You and me. And he said this, I pray for all those who will believe in me, that all of them may be one. I pray for all of those who will believe in me. That's you and me. And his one prayer for us, his one prayer is that we would be one. That's the last thing that was on his heart and mind for us. We need to sit up and pay attention to that. Do you know why? Do you know why it was so important for him that we be unified that we be one, that we be aligned in going after the truth of the gospel. He says, so that the world may believe that you, my Father in heaven, have sent me, Jesus. We're supposed to be one so that the world may know who Jesus is. I started thinking about that, and I just realized with everything that's going on in our world, with the lack of oneness that we feel around us, that is where Satan is over time attacking the church, isn't it? He is going after us so that if we aren't one, the world won't know. That is sobering to me. Jesus wants us to be one so that the world will know. We're the witness to the world. And if he can divide us, he can dampen our witness. So that's why I think Jesus is inviting us to study his church right now. His heart for the church and his heart for us. Well, before we get too far down the road in that, one of My goals and objectives for us this morning is that when you sit down to do the first lesson of your Bible study, you will feel grounded in the book of Acts and you will have a little bit of context for where we are, what we're studying, who wrote it, and why. And so, quickly, I want us to run through what I like to call the ABCs of the book. So, the author, the background, and the content. Or you could say, Who wrote it? What did he write? Why did he write it? And what does it say? Who, why, and what? So, who is really easy. It doesn't take us much research to figure out that Luke is the author of the book of Acts. Now, Luke is really interesting, though, because Luke is a physician, he's a doctor. And so, he's very methodical in the way he thinks, he researches, he's very logical. The other thing that I find fascinating about Luke is that he is a Gentile, and he is not a Jew. What that means is that he's a little bit of an outsider. He did not get raised up in this Jewish system that many of the Jews in that day and age were trying to have to break free from kind of this burden of the law that they had taken on. And Luke didn't have any of that. He was a Gentile. And so he also writes from a a little bit of an outsider's perspective. And the last thing about Luke is that he, which kind of is obvious because he wasn't a Jew, he was not an original disciple of Jesus. He was a very early convert to the faith. In fact, he may never have even laid eyes on Jesus. Jesus. He was a very early convert. So that is the author of our book. Now, why did he write it? Well, Luke is actually a part of a two-volume set. He wrote the gospel that is named after him, the gospel of Luke and Acts. And so these two volumes go together. And the reason he wrote it, well, let me tell you who he wrote it to. He wrote it to a man named Theophilus. And he calls him Most Excellent Theophilus. Now, we have no idea, actually, who this man Theophilus is. But when he uses this phrase, Most Excellent, we can assume that he is at least someone of high standing, at least someone who has some influence and and authority in the community. And quite possibly, he's actually an official in the Roman government. And so he is somebody that when Luke gives these letters to him, he is somebody that has influence. And it's really important that people of influence are influencing people well. And so Luke is writing to Theophilus. And he says the reason that he's written, and I'll paraphrase the beginning, it says, many who were eyewitnesses have written accounts of what happened. And then he says, with this in mind, and this is back in the Gospel of Luke, Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that have been taught. He's writing because he wants Theophilus to know with certainty the truth of who Jesus is. The truth of what other people have been saying. And Luke is a well respected doctor. And so he goes and he does the research, and then he has an audience with this man named Theophilus. And that is why he has written the book. And we get to benefit from it. So, what does it say? Well, Acts is actually a really unique book. It is a bridge in our New Testament. We've got our four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four Gospels tell the story of Jesus. They tell who he is, why he came, what he came to do, what he does for us. Then we have letters to the churches, and that starts in Romans, and if you thumb all the way through your New Testament, it ends in Jude. And these letters are like exhortations to the churches that were in this day and age, teaching them, how do you live now? Now that Jesus has come and he's done all of this for us, what do we do until he comes back? And that's what those letters tell us. And they are so applicable to us, all of scripture is. But those letters teach us how to live. And then there's the book of Acts. Acts falls right between the Gospels and these letters, and it is a bridge. It is actually a history book. It tells us the first year, 30 years of history from Jesus' ascension to these letters in the churches. The first 30 years of the church is the history. And so um, Acts is this historical book that tells us about the church, tells us how the church was born, tells us how the gospel goes forward. And Acts 1-8 is where I wanna draw your attention. Now, you have a bookmark in your table basket, and I would encourage you to grab that. You can um, use it in your Bible if you want. You can use it in your um, study guide. But this has the key verse of acts in it acts one eight this is the key verse it 's also like a road map that is an outline for the book of acts, and it 's also an, um, a verse that we would love for you to memorize and know because it is, it is the heart of what Acts is teaching us so acts one eight says, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem." And in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know what's really significant about these words? We just talked about Jesus' last written and recorded prayer, these are Jesus' very last recorded words on earth. And you're going to read in your lesson, because you're going to do Acts 1 this week, you're going to read in your lesson that these are the very last words he says before he ascends up into heaven. And again, take notice. There is something so important in these words for us. Jesus doesn't waste a word. This wasn't just a, oops, I'll say this and then I'll leave. This was very important to us. Acts 1 8. And this is the outline for the book. The Holy Spirit does come and they receive power. We're going to read about that in Acts 2. And that Holy Spirit empowers the disciples to witness Jesus, starting in Jerusalem, which is where they were. That's Acts 1 through 7. Moving into Judea and Samaria, which is Acts 8 through 12. And then to the ends of the earth the ends of the earth for them, and that is Acts 13 through 28. We're going to unpack that in a lot more detail next week um, because it is the key verse, and there's so much in there for us that was a message for the disciples that were standing there, but it is a message for us, and so we're going to unpack that next week, and I'm really excited to do that with you. So some of the questions that we are going to explore this semester as we dive into Acts is, what is the church Who is the church? Who is a part of the church? We're also going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? There's going to be questions that come up, like we see him empower these original disciples to do some fantastical things, to speak in languages that they don't know. So does he do that today or not? We're going to ask these questions, and we're going to have to be a little uncomfortable at some point with not having all the answers. But here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to do a little side study on the Holy Spirit as we are doing this. Now, in the front cover or the back cover of your book, I would invite you to start making a little chart, to write in here, things I'm learning about the Holy Spirit. And then whenever the Holy Spirit comes up or you see a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, write the verse reference and what you've learned about the Holy Spirit. You know, in the Gospels, Jesus is the main character of the Gospels, right? It's the story of Jesus. I would say in Acts, the Holy Spirit is the main character of Acts. So take notice of all of the things that you're going to learn about the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, our hope and our desire is that you would show up and let that Holy Spirit who empowered the disciples teach you. That same Holy Spirit indwells us When we believe in Jesus, that same Holy Spirit is with us to teach us, to guide us, to empower us to do the work that God calls us to do. So my hope and my prayer is, first of all, that you will set aside time to open God's word, to let the Holy Spirit, to make space for the Holy Spirit to teach you to speak to you, to show you something new, even if you've read this book a hundred times, even if it's the first time. Allow him, invite him in, pray and ask him to teach you something. Yes, we are here to be in community with our sisters in Christ. That is so important. But we are also here. You are here. I know you're here because you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Because there's a lot of other places that you can be in relationship with people. You can play bunco. You can go bowling. There's thousands of things that you can do. But you chose this because you want to go deeper. Because you want to know your God more. So make space to know him. That's my challenge for you. My encouragement to you. Because there's going to be a thousand things that distract you, right? We know this. We know there were a thousand things that tried to distract you this morning, weren't there? There was an accident in Flower Mound. There's never accidents in Flower Mound. That poor truck that had to get turned over just to try and prevent you from being here this morning. Right? I mean, God does wants you here and Satan does not, and he will try to distract you because remember, if we can be one, the world will know This is good work that we are embarking on. So push past the distraction so that we can be one. We can be united as sisters. We can show off our God to the world. I want to pray for us. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We ask that you would come and you would teach us. There are hesitations in each of our hearts. There are fears. Lord, would you just erase those? Would you come and would you you speak? You are living. You are active. We do not worship a God that died 2,000 years ago, but we worship a God that was resurrected to life. We worship a God who was ascended into heaven, who sits at the right hand of the Father, who is triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, living and active now, and we need you to teach us. Would you do that, Lord? Would you keep the distractions away, and when they come, Lord, would you help us choose you over and over again? Transform us, Lord, transform us. We don't want to leave after 10 weeks the same women that we walked in here this morning. So we've our hearts and our minds to you and we invite you in and we say, have your way with us, Lord. <coughs> and we ask this in Jesus' name, in the mighty and strong name of Jesus, we ask this, amen.